This is a really simple tip to help with sales objections. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Hey, Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Let's talk about sales objections and how to really quickly know from a psychological standpoint whether you're a good salesperson or not a good salesperson and why you might be letting customers or potential customers get away with certain objections and why you can't close them effectively. Now, for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo. I'm the founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute, where we focus on business, mindset, and lifestyle hacking for Driven Mofos. The reason why I do these is because most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. Now, let's talk about objection handling and why so many people out there who are business owners or salespeople or even people who are just trying to sell themselves in life let people get away with not buying. One of the most common reasons is that we sell from our own wallets. And let me explain this because I had this exact problem and this exact pattern. Now, what I found was that in the past when I thought about sales, I thought about the sales experiences that I've had. And I also thought about the implanted values and the implanted opinions of other people about salespeople. So my parents used to say things like, you know, salespeople are shonky. They would give shit to the car sales people. You know, oh, they're like a car salesman. And so they had this negative connotation to sales. Then I would watch things when I was younger, like a current affair, and there would be, you know, the dodgy car salesman or people get scammed because of the salesperson or you know, property developer rips off, you know, little Aussie battler or whatever it was. And so I had this negative connotation to sales. Now that sucks when you're a business owner and it also sucks just for the general public because in order to buy something, you have to be sold something. And in order to sell something, you've got to have someone who needs something or they value something in order to be able to sell something. Now, if those two things work really, really well, it should be a smooth transition of a sales process. You know, when I'm on the phone and I'm doing sales with people, it's awesome when I have someone on there who's like, look, I know that I need this product or this service. I'm self-aware enough to realize it. But look, I've just got one problem and it might be that I don't have the cash flow at the moment. Okay, that's easy. We can work around that. It might be someone who says, you know what? My partner just doesn't understand this sort of thing, but I, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just letting you know because I may get a little bit of kickback and feedback and I would love your help. So if someone is really, really, really self-aware as a customer, they will tell you exactly upfront because when you're doing sales, this is the truth about sales. It's only a yes or no answer. There is no other answer. It's very binary. Because if you're looking to buy a new car and the new car is sitting in front of you and you know you need a new car and this new car has everything that you want, it's either a yes or a no. Do you want the car or not? And if you say, yes, I want the car, then after that, it's just figuring out how to get it. So they become problems, not objections. Brian Cardone talks a lot about this as well and separating the difference between problems and objections. So most people have problems, they don't have objections. Now, like if someone's walking into a shop and they're wanting to buy clothes, they don't have an objection to buying clothes. They just have a couple of problems and it's up to the salesperson or the sales clerk or whoever it is to figure out what those problems are. So it might be like, the problem is that I just don't look good in this type of clothing. Now the salesperson goes, well, what type of clothing do you like? And they start asking questions to better serve the customer. So the customer service experience should be brilliant. It should be great because you're helping the customer to find what they really want and then giving it to them. There's no objection there. There's just problems. And so what I find is that when I was younger, I used to think that when someone said, I don't have the money or I can't afford it at the moment, that that was an objection. And it's not an objection. It's just a problem. Now, someone might have a financial problem. That's not my fucking problem. As a salesperson, I just want to know, do they want the product or not? Because after that, then I can help them through 
the financial problems. So it might be changing the payment terms. It might be reminding them that they could get a credit card and put stuff on credit. They could get a loan. And those things happen all the time. Like 90% of people don't, or I'd even say 99% of people don't buy a car because they've got the money to buy the car. They buy the car because they can get a fucking loan. And most people are quite comfortable to get a car loan because they've been convinced by the banks that that's the right thing to do. Just like 99.999% of people in the fucking population around the world even can't afford to buy a house up front in cash, especially in Australia or America. So they'll go to the bank and they'll get a loan and they're comfortable with that. They know straight away that if I want to buy a house, I need to go get a home loan. They will know if I need to go get a car or go get a car loan. And that becomes their natural way of thinking because of the absolute brilliant marketing that the banks do. And also the push of the government as well into the average population to make people buy houses. So there's this huge push and people are comfortable going and putting stuff on credit when they're buying a house or a car. But what I found was when it comes to personal development, personal growth, which will give them a fucking 20 times return or a hundred times return more than what a car will, most people, what I found would, would be that they would say, well, I can't afford it. Now they might not be able to afford a $2,000 course, yet they have a $30,000 car sitting in the driveway that they financed. And I also found that I really struggled to say to people, do you have a credit card that you can chuck it on? Could you go get a loan? Because I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like a, a salesy type person. It really came down to does the person want the product or the service? It's a yes or no answer. If you can define that really, really quickly, then it's just a matter of reminding them of these things to help them. But what I also found was I didn't want to do that because I was doing things from the fears and the concerns that I had about salespeople because we sell in the same way that we shop and we shop in the same way that we sell. So if we don't like someone pushing us a little bit to, to get a sale through, then we won't want to push people to get a sale through when we sell. Now, I love doing good quality sales because I love going somewhere and someone sells me something in a really awesome way. And I've had salespeople before that are so brilliant. I will know exactly what they're doing and I'll still buy the product and service anyway, even though I know exactly what they're doing because I'm like, it was just so good. And um, I actually appreciate a really good salesperson. Now, some people don't like that, but being a business owner, if you don't like being sold to, then you will not like to sell. And if you're trying to sell things and you don't like to sell, then your business is gonna struggle, okay? And if you're a salesperson and you don't like selling things, and you're going to struggle. Also, if you're not a business person, you're listening to this podcast or this episode and you say, well, I'm not a salesperson. You are a salesperson because you're selling all the time. When I have people who say, you know, I, I want my boss to give me a pay rise. Well, you better fucking sell yourself well because if you don't sell yourself, there is no reason why your boss should give you a pay rise. And unfortunately, we've been convinced in this country that a pay rise is just a natural progression that should happen. Now, a pay rise should never just happen. It should be because there's an increase in value in some way, shape or form in your job role. So if you're increasing your value and maybe you're putting in more hours, maybe you have been working harder, maybe you've increased profit margins, maybe you've um, created some way of creating savings to the company, then all those things go in something that you deliver to your boss or your upline and say, hey, look, could I get a two or 3% pay increase because I've saved the company 30% over the last two years? Now, there's no reason why someone should say no to that, but that's a sales pitch. The reason why most employees don't get what they want is because they can't sell themselves just like the reason why most business owners don't get what they want because they don't sell themselves effectively. And one of the most common reasons why people don't sell themselves effectively is because they sell from their own pocket. And if they're broke and someone says, well, I don't have the money, they're gonna feel bad for the person that they're selling to because they don't have money. And so if someone were to ask them that same thing, they'd go, oh, I don't have the money also. So please remember, 
that we tend to sell in the same way that we open our wallets and that we shop. Now, if you don't like having someone put a little bit of pressure on you to make a decision, you won't want to put, put pressure on someone to make a decision. And the whole sales process is just a decision-making process. I will drop a wild, wild video. It'll be a, a training that I'm going to drop on YouTube. So if you haven't already jumped across and subscribed to our YouTube channel, it's Michael Mojo double zero, or just type in Michael Mojo on the search bar and subscribe. Because when I drop the sales training, it will make the sales process so easy because it's just a decision-making process. If I'm on the phone with someone, there's only going to be two things that the customer needs to know. Do I want something? Yes. Or don't I want something? No. That's the decision-making process. It's that simple. And then from there, you've just got to deal with the problems that the customer might have. Like, you know, at the moment, I don't have the money, but in two weeks, I will have the money or I could finance it. Or look, I just need to go talk to my wife, which normally isn't an excuse because if they're the key decision-maker, they should be making the decision anyway. And if not, they will have relationship tension because they keep implanting their values on each other, expecting that each other are going to make the right decision and that's absolutely fucking ludicrous. And this is also the reason why most people suffer in a relationship and feel like they're trapped or like their partner doesn't understand them because they keep letting their partner make the decisions for them that are right for them that they can make that best decision with. And this happened in our business as well. That's why I know this pattern well. And it came down to one day me just saying, look, Jess, if you want to run the business, you can run the business and you be the CEO. If you don't want that responsibility and that accountability that 100% of everything that happens in this business is on your shoulders, then I need to be responsible for the decision-making that happens at the top end of the business and that's just the way it has to be. And you need to accept that. And I'm not always going to get it right. I'll sometimes get it wrong, but all I need is your support to keep going and will be fine. When I did that, the business ran so much smoother because I could make decisions fast and move forward. Now, Jess doesn't always agree with my decisions, but what I know is that I've always got her support because she had that opportunity to run the company and she chose not to. And the reason why I gave her that decision was because we used to clash all the time because I'd want to do something and I'd want to spend money on the business like in marketing or sales, or I'd want to buy some sales training or some marketing training, or you know, I'd want to, I'd want to travel interstate or run a national tour. And then she would disagree with me, then would have a, a huge argument because we didn't get what we, I didn't get what I wanted, she didn't get what she wanted. We would clash. We wouldn't discuss it effectively. She didn't understand my point of view. I didn't understand her point of view. And it was just too fucking hard. And the business slowed. When you've got too many decision makers, you have a council, not a business leader. And this is why businesses tend to always have one CEO because the CEO is responsible for running the company and they report to the board, which is a group of people. Now, Jess is, she's part of the uh, business as well. But at the end of the day, someone has to be responsible for making the decision. When you have multiple decision makers, it makes a council. And when you have a council, things tend to move really, really slowly. And this is why anyone in Australia, when you go to put in a, an application to get your, you know, something approved because you want to build something on your house, it can take months or even years because the council is so slow to do everything because they've got to get everybody to agree and they have to talk through it all and they've got to, you know, everyone opinions, everyone's opinion is valid. And so because of that, it just slows everything down. Whereas in a business, you want to be able to move super quick and you want to know who's responsible in that decision-making process. So what I will do in my company is I try to make sure that everyone who is a in a leadership position is responsible for whatever happens in that department and they're the final go-to person. So whatever happens is their decision and then they do exactly the same with their team, which then means now they're making their team members responsible, they're responsible, and there's this chain of responsibility up within the company. When that doesn't happen, things move way too slow. So anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope this helps, but just remember, do your own work around sales. Make sure you're working on your own mindset and your own psychology because you will sell the same way you buy or like I said at the start, you will sell to people the same way that you open your wallet. And if you have no money and someone says to you, why don't 
don't have any money, you won't push them hard to get that sale because you won't want to have someone do that to you as well. If you're insecure with money, you will let people get away with so much in the sales process because you'll think that they're insecure around money. If someone says, if you believe that the economy is bad, then people, when they say, oh, I'm struggling in business, you'll let them get away with that. And I've had to train some of my past sales staff around this because I say to them, you know, if someone's struggling in business and you let them get away with that and you, you take that objection on board and you don't fucking sell them, then all that's going to happen is they're going to keep struggling because if they knew how to get their business out of that shit, they'd already be out of it. And the truth is that when someone has a problem, the only reason why they haven't solved it is because they have a knowledge gap or a skills gap in there somewhere or a belief gap. And they need to change those things and we can help with that. But they just have to understand that. So if nothing changes, nothing changes for that person. And so I had to train our staff quite a lot around how to sell effectively to people that we can help them. If we can't, then don't sell to them. I don't expect them to do that. But at the same time, if someone says, you know, the economy is bad and they're struggling financially, that's the fucking reason why they need to sign up because we can help them get out of that. But unless they make a commitment, we can't commit to them. There has to be a two-way commitment, which is the sales process. And that's why I love sales because it creates a commitment among two, amongst two parties around deliverables and those deliverables better get done. Or if not, someone gets a shitty brand or a shitty name and it won't be us because we, we put in the effort and the energy. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope that helps. Massive shout out to everyone who's been rating and reviewing these episodes. Really appreciate it. Uh, also a massive thank you to all those who have been subscribing to our YouTube channel. It is awesome. Uh, the numbers keep going up, so I really appreciate it. And also for those who have been sharing some of the YouTube clips as well, it's been awesome to be tagged in them. Really appreciate it. Anyway, Driven Mofos, remember, never underestimate the dream. Stay driven.